The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. You know the spiel by now. My name is John Boccasino, being joined, of course, by Jamie D'Amico. We are here living the high life. The Buffalo Bills 4-1, and uh, trouncing the Kansas City Chiefs 38-20 to on Sunday Night Football. Really a fun, dominant performance. Uh, frustrating a little bit with the weather delay that kept us up a little bit later on a school night, but totally worth it to see the Bills get a measure of redemption. I know it doesn't make up for the AFC title game loss, but it does cement the fact that the Bills are for real, that defense is legit. And Jamie, how fun was it to watch that performance on a Sunday night matchup when you know the whole eyes of the football world are watching and the Bills made a huge statement win? By the end of that game, I was just straight giddy. I, I was giddy. I'm like, how am I going to go to sleep? It's 1 a.m. Oh, man. How, what am I going to do here? Uh, so I think I drank some wine and uh, had a snack and watched some Archer. That's not a bad post-game plan out there, especially the wine and the Archer. Love me some uh, <laughs> love me some H. John Benjamin. Great show on FX for people that are not aware of the animated genius. I mean, there's so many. Jessica Walters. I mean, there's so many great characters who... Um, play voices on that show. But, you know, Jamie, the speaking of, of shows, yeah, the Bills really did put on a show. And before I get into my little bit of a breakdown, Chris Collinsworth, I can't stand that dude. And when he was out there talking about, oh, the Bills wins have been flukes and the defense isn't legit, it felt like the entire broadcast, he was basically apologizing for the Kansas City Chiefs sucking versus giving the Bills praise for putting on great performances. I I just, I can't stand Chris Collinsworth. He reeks of arrogance. Well, you know, Josh Allen makes a, a, a nice deep throw, and Collinsworth is like, that's a Patrick Mahomes type throw, followed by Al Michaels saying, and a flag is down. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were a lot of penalties. Carl Cheffers or Chaffers. Uh, really, it's almost like he gave the memo to his boys. Hey, watch me ref on Sunday Night Football. I'm going to be the star of the show. That's a riot, <laughs> <laughs> dude. It was, it was, it was frustrating. All the penalties, and then the Bills get a measure of revenge with the Frank Clark 
roughing the passer call after the interception and Josh goes down. What I loved most, Jamie, before we get to our breakdown of the week six game, another primetime matchup with the Titans. I just love that the Bills had an answer every time. You know, like they're, they 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 get a short field, they don't go in for a touchdown, they get held to a field goal. Mahomes goes down the field, um, scores a touchdown, and you're thinking, oh boy, all right, here we go. And Josh, just the moment never seemed too big for him. The spotlight never seemed too big. Um, his jitters, like he was in control of his emotions, I would imagine, from, from what it seemed from the casual observer from the get-go. And that's what you want to see out of your franchise quarterback, somebody who you know you're going to have to play in hostile environments. And Josh just was totally in control. He really only had one really stupid play when he ran backwards 20 yards and then got called for intentional grounding. Um, outside of that, he played within himself. You're 100% right. And going back to the referees, this is something that I've always harped on in the past when you know the Bills were a bad team and people would blame the refs for you know causing the Bills to lose. You have to be good enough that you take the referees out of the game. So if the refs are making bad calls, it doesn't matter. You still whoop up on your opponent, and it doesn't matter if the close calls go your way or not. That's what the Bills did. The Bills are finally good enough that the refs no longer matter. I love that. <laughs> Hallelujah, buddy. We have arrived. Uh, and, and yeah, you're right. You know, it, it's it's one of those things where let your performance, let your on-field play neutralize the bad officiating. I mean, there were so many. The Mitch Morris holding penalty. I'm not going to run through the litany because I've just now gotten past all the atrocities that were done. Um, <laughs> atrocities. <laughs> it's good to be able to laugh about it because, man, in the moment I'm sitting there sipping my fine beer around a bonfire with buddies watching the game outside on a, a big screen TV. And, and we're, we're, again, that moment of, oh, God, here we go. It's not going to work out never came because the Bills were like, all right, we're going to play 11 on 12. We're going to have to take on the crowd and the referees tonight. Let's just get it done. And I just loved the way that the Bills performed out there on prime time. The fact that Buffalo, and I was so happy that Leslie Frazier dialed up a defense that did not rely on blitz-heavy schemes. You know, they brought the front four with the pressure. And Mahomes, I mean, look, you get Mahomes to throw two interceptions and lose two fumbles. That front four deserves all the credit led by AFC Defensive Player of the Week, Gregory Russo, for getting into Patrick Mahomes' area and making him not feel comfortable. Yeah, I didn't think that Mahomes had a, a great game. He um, he was bouncing some throws. The Chiefs as a whole didn't seem like they were playing all that well, you know, with the drops and the blown coverages. I'll take it, man. I'll, I'll take it. Um, the, the Chiefs don't look like the Chiefs of last year. Uh, that That's for sure. You you can damn well bet that it would have been a closer game if they were clicking on all cylinders because you just when they when they are at their best, you just can't stop that offense. No matter how good of a game you're having on defense, you just can't stop them. Well, I love the fact that whatever the technical term, you know, the the shell or whatnot that Leslie Frazier deployed, it was like, all right, Tyreek Hill, you're not going to go for a 50-yard bomb. You know, they kept him to 13 to 15-yard receptions when he did catch the ball. He did have a huge 
drop and Mahomes overthrew him and Kelsey uh, on plays that the Chiefs probably want to have back. But it just seemed like the Bills learned their lessons. And maybe the Chiefs miss Sammy Watkins more than they think because, my gosh, they are kind of depleted of weapons outside of Hill and Kelsey. Well, I think Josh Gordon is going to start getting his as he works his way into the offense. Yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be the same Chiefs offense. that you're, I mean, they're still putting up, you know, 30, 31 points a game while giving up 33 points a game, the worst in the league. And, and the Bills capitalized on that. It was great to see, again, a statement win for Buffalo. The Bills have arrived. Uh, their revenge tour now continues. Uh, this is the third leg uh, after taking care of. I know they're a completely different team now, but it was a great measure of redemption to crush the Texans. Uh, avenging the 2019 wild card loss, and then the two losses to the Chiefs last year, Buffalo uh, gets some measure of atonement with a Sunday night football victory. Up next, Jamie here in Week Six, it's Monday Night Football. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> Are you ready for some football, buddy? Yeah, I love Monday Night Football, and you know what? I actually like the Monday Night Football broadcasting crew. Uh, I, I think Brian Greasy and, um, oh God, Lewis Riddick are, are really good. And it's hard not to like Oswego's Steve Levy, who's always had a soft spot for the Bills. It feels like uh, he's been around for a lot of games covering Buffalo. It, Is they he are, from Oswego? He went to Oswego for college. No kidding. Yeah, huh. joining uh, Al Roker and uh, Linda Cohn from ESPN, the mothership. There's a lot of... Really? Uh, Oh, yeah, dude. There's some pretty prestigious alumni in broadcasting that come from Oswego. That's interesting. It's like Syracuse's little brother, I guess. Hell yeah. Central New York power, buddy. <laughs> and they're going to have a hell of a game to call on, on Monday night. You know, the, the Titans. OK, so let's let's start our breakdown with with this. Everybody knows um, and Buffalo's four and one. The Titans are three and two. And everybody knows that. As good as Ryan Tannehill is, and he's got great weapons in A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, um, there's some outstanding receivers he gets to throw to. Their bread and butter is Derrick Henry. If I had told you that Derrick Henry, the two-time uh, NFL rushing champion, the one team he has struggled against mightily is the Buffalo Bills of all teams. Leslie Frazier somehow comes up with great game plans where – Henry has averaged less than 66 yards per game on the ground the last three times these teams met up, which has been the last three years. That's pretty impressive. Who would have thought that that game last year, that Buffalo was so dominated by the Titans, that Derrick Henry had 57 yards on 19 carries? What? That, that just like that boggles my mind because I thought I remember him running all over the Bills last year. I mean, he did face stomp Josh Norman uh, pretty badly on that sideline run, but that wasn't like a 30-yard run there. It was more known for the fact that Norman got humiliated. Yes, and and that play got called back because of a penalty. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, dude, a double whammy. <laughs> yes, although I, I think it was the optics of that play. It just, the way it stood out and the way it has been used by NFL media ever since then. And I mean, justifiably. So he threw a grown man five yards through the air. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like we're talking about big newt pushing you around. I mean, Josh Norman has a little bit more muscle than you, buddy. 
I I think most humans do have more muscle than me. <laughs> well, it, it, it's really the Bills fans have to be encouraged with how well this defense has played. And Clyde Edwards Elaire did not do anything on Sunday Night Football before going out with an injury. Um, the, the Bills did a great job. I mean, Mahomes had a couple of runs, and I think he was their leading rusher. But, you know, it seemed like the Bills really had a good game plan in place for limiting the Chiefs running game. And that's going to be paramount on Monday Night Football because Derrick Henry is a massive, hulking human being. I believe he's 6'3", around 250, uh, good speed. You know, you rev up the tank and he's a, a really tough man to stop. But here's a fun fact for the Bills. Given how well Buffalo has done containing Derrick Henry, they did it without Star Latulale last year. So you get to bring back Buffalo's nose tackle, who, by the way, what a sack that was last week on the Chiefs Mahomes. He has been disruptive star in his return to the lineup. It's almost like he needed that year off to get his legs back under him and to, to feel good again. Because if you recall, two seasons ago, he was so maligned by Bills fans. They were talking about cutting him and trading him, getting rid of him and burying him on the depth chart. Oh, man. He has made a huge difference in this defense, and I love that they're using Justin Zimmer out there just as a side note because the guy just hustles his butt off. Um, anyway, I I think that having him in the lineup is going to make a difference on both sides of, of the coin when it comes to both the rush defense and pass defense. He's collapsing some pockets out there. And when you get one guy like star who can cause havoc and take on, you know, two offensive linemen or go through and create those gaping holes, which allows Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano and AJ Klein and the linebackers to penetrate and get and make the tackles. That's a huge difference for this defense. I'm just kind of really curious if the bills can manage to keep up their containment of Derrick Henry and what it is, what's the secret sauce that allows them to do so well, because I don't believe Matt Milano played last year either when the Bills and Titans had that matchup and it was 42 to 16. Now that was AJ Klein in the lineup and that's when we were finding out how just how bad he was in coverage. Um, but you know the Titans are without Jonu Smith at their tight end and that's going to make a difference. Milano's probably going to be playing. That makes a difference. Uh, this isn't the same apples to apples matchup you had last year. But here's what I can promise you. The Titans are going to use those big-bodied receivers, and they are going to know where Levi Wallace is on every play, and they're going to have these big dudes just post him up all game long. That That is what is going to – that's, I think, what is keeping Leslie Frazier up at night is how are we going to help Levi Wallace play defense against these guys because – Big-bodied receivers are Wallace's kryptonite. Well, I think that, you know, you're, you're right. It's definitely going to be a challenge for sure. I think that Taron Johnson's uh, development is really, I know you can't, he's not a big hulking corner, but he definitely could take some of the pressure off by providing that help over the top, by covering the slot weapons that the Titans have. Um, I just, I feel like it is, it's very, the fact that both Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are expected to be healthy and active for this game on Monday Night Football. I mean, that's one of the big reasons the Titans lost to the Jets of all teams a couple weeks ago is because they were missing their wide receiver weapons uh, for Tannehill. 
to throw the ball to. But I want to go back before we uh, continue on with this, the corners and the wide receivers, and it's a huge matchup for Buffalo. I think Leslie Frazier has a very underrated challenge uh, this week, and so does Sean McDermott. In how we, you mentioned Justin Zimmer, and he has been so much fun to watch on the field for the Bills. The guy just brings energy. Uh, he knows how to get to the ball carrier. He always seems to make a big player too, week in and week out. The Bills have a glut of defensive line talent, and I'm really curious how McDermott deploys which defensive lineman this week because who's going to be a healthy scratch? Who are you going to sit of the group of Russo and Basham and Addison and Jerry Hughes? They're obviously all going to get theirs along with AJ Epinesa. What do you do with an FA Obata or a Boogie Basham or you know some of the more veteran depth players? It's a very interesting challenge to see what McDermott's going to do when it comes to the numbers game. That's an interesting topic because last week against the Chiefs, you can see what they're doing with their active players and mixing and matching because uh, Horrible Harry, Harrison Phillips, and Vernon Butler were both inactive for that game. And I think it was basically because McDermott was saying, all right, you know what? We need our pass rushers in this game. Those guys, you know, um, Harrison Phillips is a, a one-technique defensive tackle, not somebody who gets after the quarterback. The Bills went heavy on the defensive ends. This week, obviously, they're probably looking more at stopping the rushing attack because we know that Tannehill and the receivers hurt the Bills last year, but you know, you have to sell out to stop Derrick Henry. Otherwise, the, the Titans are going to shorten the game and run all over you. So I, I would expect to see probably Harrison Phillips active again. And then who do you take out of the lineup? Well, Boogie Basham hasn't really impressed. You know, he's been more of an effort guy than a skill guy. Maybe that's what you want against the run, but whoever McDermott thinks is going to be his best run defenders are going to be the guys who are out on the field. Thankfully, Greg Rousseau is proving himself to be really good at setting the edge. He has, you're right, he has proven himself to be worth his weight in gold as a, as Buffalo's first round draft pick. I mean, the reigning AFC Defensive Player of the Week. That interception that he had on Mahomes, he was a wide receiver in high school, and those skills showed themselves through time and time again, getting those big paws up and coming down with the pick, um, getting, I think he had, a, he had a quarterback hurry. Uh, he had a sack. He had the interception. Very solid performance for Two Russo. tackles for loss. Oh my God, dude. Guy was in the backfield everywhere against the Chiefs. And he, you know, he's not someone I'm worried about with the Titans, but I think you're right. I almost expect maybe like a Mario Addison to be a healthy scratch on Monday night because the bills do need that one tech. They need that guy who can help stop the run and be a big body. And whether it's Vernon Butler or horrible, Harry Harrison Phillips, uh, who steps in there, I think the bills are going to have to adjust their defensive rotation based on this matchup. And you'll get somebody who's more stout at stopping the run, like a Phillips or a Butler um, to get into. Now Tannehill himself is a pretty good scrambler. So I, I almost wonder like how much that's where maybe you see a Basham, get more time because he is athletic and quick and has more speed um, than some of the other options that the Bills have on this D-line. But it's going to be a very interesting scenario to see who's active and who's inactive. So quick question, uh, going back to Russo, have you seen the videos of him in high school playing receiver? I've, I've seen a couple on YouTube and they showed one, I believe, on the broadcast on Sunday night where the dude can flat out ball. I, I mean... 
it was such a hilarious mismatch watching this huge dude who can outrun everybody. And they're just, you know, throwing the ball up for grabs and there was nobody else who was going to catch it. But it's really funny. Now, you spend time watching football, whether it be high school, Division three. you keep the stats. Like, for those of you who don't know, John Boccasino does not let any moss grow under his feet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, John, uh, in fact, we're recording on a Saturday. John is keeping the stats for the Brockport football game tonight. I, I mean, you're unbelievable, buddy. Anyway, you've seen a lot of football. It's really funny when you see at that level the extreme mismatches, isn't it? The players that are just so much better than everybody else on the field. It's like, why, why do they even allow this? <laughs> well, and especially in like, yeah, the high school or like some of the, I mean, college, the gap gets narrow, but you can get some of those mismatches in high school where you've got a freak like Rousseau going up against like a five foot nine cornerback who weighs like 115 soaking wet and bash uh, Rousseau's uh, athletic ability is just completely you know, jump off the screen at you. That was a really fun highlight to uh, to get together and watch. And, you know, I don't know. It, it just goes to show kind of making a transition back to a point you mentioned earlier with the physicality of the Titans receivers. I don't know. What, what do you think Frazier does to try to slow down? Are we going to see? Because I almost feel like the, the Bills need to take some of the same attitude that they had against the Chiefs where they're like, you know what? Kansas City is going to hit us and be physical. We've got to be physical right back with them and set the tone. I would not be surprised to see the Bills corners and safeties do the same type of thing with the Titans receivers to let them know you can't push us around. That would be great. But the secret that the Bills have had in slowing down Derrick Henry is playing man-to-man on the outside so they can stuff the box with, with linebackers. When you look at somebody the size of A.J. Brown, who's what he's tipping the scales at 220, something like that. He's like 6'3", 220, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or he, or he's even bigger than that. Anyway, that means that you're going to have Levi Wallace matched up with him man to man. And what's going to happen when Wallace, who weighs about 180 pounds, tries to jam a dude that's that much bigger than him? <laughs> I mean, all he can really do is get in his way and maybe hurt the timing just a little bit because I don't have any faith that Levi Wallace isn't going to get knocked on his ass the moment he tries to to chuck these guys at the line of scrimmage. So what do they do? Well, do you maybe occasionally bring a linebacker over to hit him? Mm, well, you can't really do that unless he's lined up tight to the line of scrimmage. Um, do you bring a safety over? Maybe you can do that. Maybe you play a single high safety so you can bring your other safeties into the box. Maybe put a Poyer into a robber position where he's kind of playing a, a shallow, uh, look, uh, in the middle of the field, but shaded toward Levi Wallace's side. I just, I don't think I have the answer <laughs> because I don't think any of this is foolproof. If you did have the answer, give Brandon Bean a call because obviously we know he listens to the podcast. And uh, and that is my favorite part about doing this show, incidentally, is that we have the loyal listenership of Brandon Bean. With his sunglasses on or off, do you think? Oh, God. He's definitely got his sunglasses on and he's wearing his blue plaid sport coat. 
<laughs> I love that photo every time it pops up on one of the stories for buffalorumblings.com. And, you know uh, what? I take it back. That's my second favorite part about doing the show. My first favorite part is hanging out with you, buddy. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We are getting you ready, believe it or not, for the Week 6 matchup with the Tennessee Titans. And we spent a lot of time talking about Buffalo's improved pass rush and whether Matt Milano, what difference he makes, and he is trending towards being on the field and returning to action in week six. But I want to turn the script and flip the uh, positions and look at the Titans on defense, what kind of pressure they're going to try to apply to Josh Allen. While the bills have spent a lot of capital draft wise, adding AJ Epinesa, adding Ed Oliver, adding Greg Rousseau and Carlos Boogie Basham, the Titans have kind of taken the opposite approach. They have only drafted two edge rushers in the top three rounds over the past 11 years. One of them is a freak, Harold Landry, who is outstanding, their best pass rusher. And the other is almost a bust in Kevin Dodd, who really has not panned out as being a second round pick in 2016. The Titans do not get after the quarterback very well. They're in the bottom 10 in pass defense over the past five years. They're in the bottom 10 in pressures over the past three years. They did make a big splash with Bud Dupree from Pittsburgh coming in this year, but he has missed the last three games with that knee injury, what do you think Josh Allen's going to be in for when it comes to facing this Titans front four? Well, I think Bud Dupree is going to be coming back. Um, that makes a difference. But the front four is not what it was when they had Jarrell Casey in the middle. That guy, it was a wrecking ball. Um, yeah, they they just don't have they're, they're playing they're playing a three four right now, so. They have bigger body dudes on the defensive line who just don't get after it the way you would really want them to. Now, Harold Landry and Bud Dupree, when he's healthy, those are good players. So I think you're going to have to really watch what's going on with uh, Spencer Brown on the right side of the line, because what do you want to do? Well, Spencer, Spencer Brown has been he's been decent. He's definitely been better than when they had uh, Cody Ford in the lineup. We're, we're seeing some tremendous improvement there, but he's not great. If you watch him on tape, he makes mistakes. Um, he's He hasn't refined his technique yet. 
But we knew that was going to be the case with him. And I think getting reps on the field are, are really good. But they're going to have to give help to that side. Um, Deion Dawkins, I, I'm comfortable with him. But the pressure is going to be coming from the outside. So give Spencer Brown some help. And I think that there are some opportunities for Josh Allen to run because one of the things you get with speed rushers is occasionally you can get them to overrun the pocket. When you overrun the pocket and you open things up, Josh Allen's going to be able to use his legs at that point. And we've seen how dangerous he is when he does that. Now, I'm confident that you're going to see a diamond style pass rush where they're going to keep the three defensive linemen in front of Allen the entire time. Um, So plan on seeing five pass rushers on just about every pass play. But if you can, if you can chuck Landry on his way coming off the the side or Dupree, whoever is going to be lined up over Spencer Brown, I think that you're going to have a, a pretty good opportunity to let Josh Allen use his legs to get out of the pocket, mess with the secondary, and and go into the scramble drill because the Bills are good at that. Yeah, that's a good point with Josh Allen taking advantage of what the Titans are going to try to do. And with the pass rush coming from the outside, again, in Harold Landry and Bud Dupree, who will most likely have uh, Deion Dawkins drawing that assignment on the left side, I think there's an opportunity for the Bills to exploit the middle of that defense. I feel like, especially against the stunts and twisting types of blitzes that the uh, Titans are going to try to bring, because they're kind of a league average blitz team, but they can get after it, like you said, on the outside. I think... The draw play is going to be really instrumental, too, for the Bills' offense. Uh, Zach Moss has really burst onto the scene uh, with the Bills' running game. Maybe Devin Singletary gets a couple of draw attempts to see what he can do to break it open. But I feel like the Bills are going to need to rely on the run and taking advantage of what the Titans give them up the middle to be successful. Now, we know that the Bills have such a quality pass game with Emmanuel Sanders and Stephon Diggs. Cole Beasley has disappeared the last two weeks, um, but the Dawson Knox is having his breakthrough. I think one of the areas the Titans are going to be really hurting on Monday night is in the secondary. This team is no longer the strength uh, of the, this unit's no longer the strength of the Titans when they had Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, Dory Jackson. You know, those three guys were solid corners. Now there's a guy named Christian Fulton who is good, but he's going to probably miss the game due to a hamstring injury. The number two, I did not realize this. The artist formerly known as Janoris Jenkins is now going by Jackrabbit Jenkins. Did you know that, Jamie? No. Is he really? <laughs> Apparently, he. Uh, there's an article. I, I got to give credit where credit's due uh, to The Athletic. And they talked about how Janoris now Jackrabbit Jenkins never liked that name growing up and has asked to go by his college nickname of Jackrabbit. We'll see if Steve Levy and the announcers oblige, but he's actually listed as Jackrabbit Jenkins on the Titans official website. Wow. I, I almost feel like he should be in a uh, reality show with Ocho Cinco and Dante Hittner. <laughs> Maybe some He Got Game in there as well, Rod Smart. Oh, yeah, that guy. There's some fun. <laughs> um, speaking of their secondary, you know, they drafted a guy who was high on everybody's list, Caleb Fairley, who, you know, was supposed to be a steal when they drafted him. 
he's buried on the depth chart coming out of Virginia Tech. Uh, he was the 22nd overall pick, and everybody said, yeah, this is the guy who's really going to make a difference. He's a third stringer right now. Yeah, he's uh, sitting down. Um, uh, if Fulton isn't able to go, Farley would be the number uh, the guy to step up there as a number one, but he missed practice with yet again another injury. He was always injured at Virginia. He's been banged up quite a bit here in Tennessee. This is a unit that can be thrown on. Um, their slot corner is Chris Jackson, a seventh rounder. So Buffalo seems to have the advantage at every part of this matchup uh, when it comes to the aerial attack. And I can't wait to see what Josh Allen comes up with to get some measure of redemption with his passing game against Tennessee, because I feel like he's going to have a great game on the ground and I could easily see three passing touchdowns for Josh on Monday night football. Oh, this just in Chris Jackson changed his name to Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the basketball player, Chris Jackson? Oh, absolutely. I do the Denver okay. nuggets. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Wow. Deep, uh, um, deep pull right there for Chris Jackson. I was going to say, like, that was really in the in the depths of my memory. I, I don't know why that just came out. <laughs> we always have these fun little pulls here on uh, on Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. And I feel like, Jamie, it's going to be fun to watch, again, the, the passing game, go after the Titans defense here. Um, I, I feel very comfortable about this game. Maybe I shouldn't. But given the statement that the Bills made uh, in week five on Sunday Night Football, what are you thinking the score is going to be? And do you have any concerns heading into this game on Monday Night Football? Yeah, I do have a concern. The concern is that this has let down, written all over it. Because as much as the Bills were saying against the Chiefs, it's just another game, you know that's BS. They know what beating the Chiefs meant to them. And, you know, they... Did you did you believe them? No, at all. Not for a single no. second. I you knew that this and you know I love the downplaying of it and McDermott does a great job getting his team ready to play. But you know that they wanted this win so badly, not just to win, but to embarrass the Chiefs. They really wanted to put the hammer down on them. The thing about this Bills team is they have not clicked on all cylinders on offense yet, with the exception of the game against Washington. But this Bills team puts up 40 points almost without even trying. <laughs> they are just a juggernaut on offense. And we haven't seen the real Josh Allen yet. Well, I consider superstar Josh Allen to be the real Josh Allen. But I think that there will be a letdown, but it's not going to lead to a loss, if that makes sense. I don't think the Bills are going to play their best game on Monday night, but they're going to pull it off and they're still going to score over 30 points. So I'm going to say that the Bills are going to win 33-24. All right. A solid nine point victory for the Bills. Jamie, here's here's my issue with what you're and I get it. There's a major letdown factor that clearly could be at play, but I just don't see Sean McDermott letting this team get complacent and they have the 24 hour rule celebrate the win for 24 hours then it's back to the grind the bills are getting healthier the bills are getting more confident the bills are getting more balanced too with the run game really stepping up i think the deficiencies in the titans defense are going to show through very clearly and obviously on monday night i think this is the week that stefan Diggs breaks out 110 yards two touchdown catches eight grabs 
Josh is going to have a premier performance on Monday Night Football. The Bills are going to win this one 37-17. Oh, okay. Well, it sounds like, and this is the recipe for the Bills really having a statistically a good run defense this year. Get the other team down early. Make them one-dimensional. I, I think if you do that against a, um, a play-action-heavy team, which the Titans are, you're going to be in good shape. So, hey... You know what? Your predictions have been much closer than mine this season because I'm a pessimist and you're an optimist and the Bills are good this year. So I think you're probably going to be right. Well, I just, again, I feel like the secondary is so weak for Tennessee. I think the the man defense that the Titans are going to play with that weakened selection of cornerbacks only bodes well for Diggs and the receivers. And there's just something about the way that you know, we haven't seen Diggs is the sleeping giant. He's had some good individual catches, but has not put together that all pro game yet this year. So I'm calling it on Monday Night Football. The Bills will win comfortably 37 to 17, and they will get to five and one heading into that critical bye week uh, in week seven. Regardless of what happens on Monday Night Football, we want to hear from you, Bills fans. Give us your score predictions on Twitter. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. Get involved with the show. We're friendly. We promise we like to interact with our fans. We won't bite you. And even if you have a Especially bad Especially John. You know, I, I have a mean bone in my body every now and then. I was cursing again Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football. But I love our Bills fans. I love seeing the social media posts about checking tables on Southwest airline flights to Nashville. Bill's Mafia is going to go nuts. And if you're traveling, have a great time. Make sure you listen to our podcast week in and week out, along with the rest of the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. For my esteemed colleague, Jamie D'Amico, I am John Boccasino signing off. Go Bills!